Well, good morning, Brookside. Happy Mother's Day. And uh, after a video like that, pass the tissue, huh, moms? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's great. Hey, moms, we do. We just really want to honor you today and just say thank you. Thank you for all the things that you do, the way you serve, the way you love, the way that you give, support, encourage, clean, everything, moms, that you do, um, seen and unseen. We just thank you for what you do. And and coupled with that, though, we also, we want to thank you for just who you are, and we thank God for that. We thank God for the gift of what a mom is to us, and, uh, and also just the impact that a mom can have. It's no small deal uh, at all. Uh, I know as I um, continue to parent my own kids, my gratitude for my own parents, my mom and dad, continues to grow and grow, and I want to express that gratitude even more um, because you just realize the, a level of sacrifice and the level of love that a parent truly exhibits uh, again and again and again. And so today we just really want to celebrate you moms in a, in a big way. Uh, we also know that today as we celebrate moms, and maybe for you, you've got a mom at home that you get to celebrate today. You get to honor and applaud her and give her a break, hopefully today. Um, or maybe you're thinking of your mom. Maybe your mom even that's passed away and in your mind just kind of gets filled with gratitude of what maybe uh, she meant in, in your life. Um, but we also know this, while it's a day of celebration, today can also be a really hard day uh, for many. Uh, Mother's Day can be a very challenging day. Um, you know, you might be here today and, and you've lost a child and the pain of that never goes away. Um, you go through different seasons and times change, but the pain of that never goes away. And so today's a challenging uh, day for you. Or maybe you've always wanted to be a mom and the reality of that that hasn't happened and may never happen um, is troubling to you. And so today's hard, uh, hard for you. Or maybe even you look at your mom and you go, we've got a strained relationship here. And so today's kind of you, every time Mother's Day comes, you kind of figure out, okay, how are we going to walk through this this year and that kind of thing. And so it can be a hard day. And then for some of you, I know um, some of you in this boat this year, you lost a mom. And, um, and so today can be a challenge. And and we just want to say to you, uh, on behalf of our staff and really our whole church family, um, we want to support you and we want to walk through not only the celebrations as moms, um, but also we want to say we want to be a church where you are not, you don't go unnoticed if you're in the midst of a trial. And uh, we walk together. That's one, I think, one of the beautiful things about a church. We get to walk through, don't we, the highs and the lows of life. Uh, together. And so on the one hand, we can celebrate. On the other hand, it's okay, and you're welcome here uh, at times to grieve in this place. And we, we walk through those uh, two valleys, uh, those highs and lows together. So I want to pray uh, for us right now, and then uh, we'll go ahead and dive in. So yeah, would you, would you join me, in, and let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. And we do, Lord, we just proclaim right now, Lord, thank you to you that you gave us this gift of moms. And uh, the role that they can have in our lives is, is huge. And so, Father, thank you for them. And uh, Lord, I pray for the, the, the people that might be here today that are in more of a place where it's, uh, it's a bit of a struggle. It's, it's a little bit harder. I think of Psalm 121. The psalmist said, where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the Lord who watches over me. And Lord, I thank you that you watch over us and that you know us and that you know exactly what we bring to this room today. And Father, thank you for that. That's why we come. That's why we worship you. We thank you that you're that kind of God. And Lord, we pray right now then that you would speak to us in this place, Lord, that what you would have for us would be so clear and would be so impactful. And so, Lord, we love you and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. 
Well, today we are concluding our Love Can series, and uh, as you know, this series has been a lot of fun. We've been doing it in conjunction with several different churches in our city, and those churches, many of them will gather this uh, later this week for one of our quarterly gatherings. There will probably be uh, well over 200 church leaders at that gathering, and and we celebrate that because there's this unifying uh, theme in our city amongst churches that individually we really want to be churches that are helping people know Jesus Christ, that are helping people find and follow Jesus Christ. And so we celebrate just the unity around that. And so this series has been a lot of fun to do with uh, several different churches around the city. Then next weekend, as Lorinda said, we're going to be in this series, uh, starting this new series called Things to Fight For. And I just have one special request for you as we lead up to next weekend, and that is that you do everything you can to not miss a Sunday of that series. I think we're going to highlight things that are very important to us as a church and things that are just very important to us as, as individuals, things that we can learn from God's Word. Next weekend, we're going to um, start the series by talking about how sometimes you got to fight for your marriage, right? You've got to fight for your marriage. Sometimes things don't come easy, do they? And so I'm going to speak just very vulnerably to you about marriage and and just excited uh, to do that. If you're married, if you know someone who's married or if you long to be married someday, uh, come next weekend. I think think uh, God will speak to us uh, then. So this morning, we're going to be looking at several different passages and I'm really excited for where we're going. We're going to take this unique opportunity today on Mother's Day to look at four different stories in the scriptures that highlight five different women. Um, Stories that every one of us, guys and gals alike, we can look at these stories and we can take certain things from them. Now, know this about these women that we're going to look at today. They were the real deal. They did not have neat, tidy, fairy tale kind of lives. These women faced some challenges. And what is so interesting, and the thing that just got me this week, is they made some statements along the way, or the Lord taught them a lesson as they faced different things in their own lives, things that you just go, you stop and you go, whoa, that statement, that phrase, that makes me kind of stop in my tracks. I had that happen, maybe you've had that happen recently, you've been in a conversation with somebody, and and they say something that's so impactful that you say, hey, could you repeat that again, and I got to write that down. You know, I had that happen just this week, and somebody, I was in a conversation, and they said something, I said, wow, I I can't miss that, right? I think that's going to happen for us this morning. As I studied these four different stories, there were just specific phrases or a sentence that was made that I think God would have uh, for each one of us. So my prayer this morning is this, is that you would be able to take away maybe just one of these. Maybe you take away all four things this morning, but maybe just one. The message is going to be very practical. It's going to be actually, I think the way it's kind of, the way it lays out is a little bit different. And so this is how I really want you to think about how we're going to work through these texts this morning. We're going to go to four very different passages. And my ask of you this morning is this, that you would just say to the Lord, Lord, do you have just one of these for me? Is there one for me that you're, Lord, you want me to latch on to that one? And, and with each, if each story, I'm going to give you one key takeaway and then one very simple, very practical prayer that you can pray. That you could just say, this week, Lord, I'm just going to pray this one sentence. That's going to help me apply what I learned from that story. So that's my, really my hope and, and uh, my desire for you this morning. So let's dig in. Four stories that we can learn so much from. So the first woman, I thought this was fitting on Mother's Day. The first woman, a worthy place for us to start, we're going to start with Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ. Very special mom, I think we would all agree. Now, just to kind of fast forward and to get right into the heart of the story, I want you to imagine this. I want you to imagine what must have it had been like to have been Mary. 
What do you think it was like? I mean, how would you feel if you found out that you were going to carry in bodily form the Savior of the world? That you were going to bring Jesus Christ into the world? Now imagine that as a young teenage Jewish girl. Imagine that, that's engaged to be married but not married. Imagine what that might be like. Frightening? Yes, I think so. Uh, one of those things that you would just go, no, how can this be? You know, very troubling? Yes, I think that is another appropriate way to say it. But what happens, what we see in the midst of this story, in the midst of a story, we, usually we look at this as, this is the Christmas story. But in the midst of the Christmas story, we see Mary say something that I think for us this morning is so impactful to everybody, guys and gals alike. So here we go. Let's start Luke chapter 1. We're we'll starting verse 28. It says this, the angel went to her, to Mary, and the angel said, greetings, uh, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. But it says, Mary was greatly troubled at his words, and she wondered what kind of greeting this must be. Now, it makes absolute sense that Mary would be greatly troubled, because this isn't just like some soft angel that's appearing to her that's on a cloud and playing a beautiful soft tune from a harp. No, this is a biblical angel. This is an angel that is a warrior in the spirit realm. And so it makes sense that Mary, as soon as this happened, that she is troubled. And so this says this, but the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God, and you will conceive, and you will give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. And then it says, and he will be great, and he will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord uh, the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. That, that whole section right there alone, huge prophetic message. The fact that that took place, that that happened, says so much about our faith. Then it says this, verse 33, and he will reign over, uh, over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And then Mary asks this question. She says, how will this be? Why does she say that? She says it because she's a teenager, because she's troubled, because she's engaged to be married, but she's not been married, and because she's a virgin. It would be this startling. It would be this absurd, I think you could say. It would be like me saying to you, you all walked into the room today, but when you leave today, you're going to sprout wings, and you're going to fly. I mean, imagine that. You would say to me, oh, well, how will this be? Because that doesn't make sense to me, right? It's a good question. And Mary asked the angel, how will this be? Why? She states it again, since I am a virgin. Verse 35. Then the, an the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, some encouragement here, even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. And now look at her response. Mary says, I am the Lord's servant. Mary answered, may your word be fulfilled. Then the angel left. The thing that strikes me again and again about this passage is this. In the midst of getting a message that would have seemed completely absurd, Mary has a willing spirit. Mary has this spirit that says, I might not get it. I might not choose it, 
I might not even trust that this is going to turn out well for me, but this is what I do. I will take a step, and Lord, I say to you in the midst of my uncertainty, I say, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Lord, I will trust you. May your word be fulfilled. I love how she does that. Think about for a second, is there anything in your life where you would say this, I'm not sure how this is going to play out. I'm really not sure. I'm not sure uh, what this is going to look like for me. I'm not sure if, 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 God, you're in this or not, but I sense that I'm supposed to trust you. I love how Mary had this spirit about her where she said, Lord, I don't get it, but here's the thing. I am your servant. Christina has this statement written on this card that she sees each morning, and it really, it serves as a reminder to her, and it says this, God, today, let me step into all that you have for me. And it's her way of saying, Lord, help me to see where you are, because where you are, that's where I want to be. Mary's saying in this, hey, I I don't fully get it, but Lord, I am your servant. You keep going in her story, verse uh, 46, she responds and she says, my soul, the deepest part of me, to the core of me, it glorifies the Lord. And then she says, my spirit, my spirit rejoices, or my spirit takes joy in my Savior. So here's our first takeaway. Here it is. Number one, it's this. It's I can trust in God's purpose for my life. I can trust in God's purpose for my life. She didn't know how it would all play out, but she stepped forward in trust. She didn't have all the answers, but she said, hey, Lord, I will serve you. And so this was her prayer. And I think this is the simple thing we pray on this one. It's simply her words. What if you prayed for the next seven days, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. Maybe that's the one that God has for you. Are you uncertain about something in your life and you would just say, Lord, I just would pray this. Each day I'll pray, Lord, I'm your servant. Lord, I'll trust you. I'll take another step forward. Lord, may your word be fulfilled. So maybe that's the one that God has for you this morning. If so, you can go get in line at the restaurant and beat the traffic, right? I mean, right? If you, that, no, stay here. Okay. All right. Let's keep going. Okay. Number two. Example two. Here it is. This one's two ladies. And this passage is from Luke chapter 10, and it starts in verse 38, and I love this passage, but what I love about this passage is this, I need to hear it. The reason I love it is because I need to hear it. I need to hear this thing taught at least once a year, maybe once a month. I think the application that we're going to see here is so relevant to the world that we live in. It's the story of a gal named Mary, a different Mary, and a gal named Martha, and these two women are sisters of Lazarus. And there's this, Lazarus is this guy that Jesus loved. And Jesus not only loved him, but we see, you read through the New Testament, we know that Jesus also loved these two women. He loved this entire family. He was close with them. Moms, let me ask you this question. Have you ever felt like this at the end of the day? Have you ever said, there's just not enough time in the day? Everybody. I mean, have you ever said that? You get to the end of the day. Students, everybody, and you just said, oh, if only I had one more hour in the day. If you can relate to that, I think you'll appreciate, and I think this, the application of this text will be helpful to you. It says this in Luke chapter 10. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Now, that's very important. So you got, you got this gal, Mary. She sits before the Lord. But Martha was distracted. 
by all of the preparations that had to be made. So here's what's going through, here's what kind of the scene is. You got two women, read through the scriptures, two godly women, but they're wired up differently. And Mary's sitting before the Lord and she's enjoying the presence of God right there. But Martha, she's a little bit more, maybe you could say type A. We're going to find out she's very blunt with her words. And she's thinking, okay, Jesus has come to the house, and it's very true. Jesus, I don't want you to sit in a room that's messy, so we need to get cleaning. And Jesus, since Jesus is here, we need to prepare a meal. And so we need to start thinking about the side dishes, and we need to get to the market. We need to get some fresh meat. and We, we, gotta, we got stuff to do because Jesus is here. And so then this is what happens next. It says, uh, she came to him, and she asked, so Martha goes to Jesus and says, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work myself? Now, you can just insert here, sass, right? I, I feel like you should wag your, don't you, don't you care, right? And then he sa she says, tell her to help me. In other words, Jesus, my sister is a flake and she is not helping me. We want to honor you. You're the guest of honor. Somebody needs to kick her in the tail and get her going because I'm doing all the work. Have you ever been doing dishes in the kitchen and you're alone and you wish you weren't alone doing the dishes so you start making more noise than the dishes should make? <laughs> I've never done that, but I've, I, no, I, yeah, I have. Okay, verse 41. Martha, Martha, and I just, I wonder what Jesus' tone was like there. Martha, Martha. Lord answered, you are worried and you are upset about many things, but few things are needed, and this is huge, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. Martha, you're busy. You're working really hard, but Mary has chosen what is better. Mary has chosen to sit before me. Mary has chosen in the midst of a lot of things to do to sit in my presence. Just a side note, moms, this is your day. I think you can go home today, particularly if somebody didn't come with you that was supposed to, and you can say, hey, pastor said, turn to Luke chapter 10. I need you to be my Martha today, right? You just say that to him. I don't think it'll work, but you could try, right? But think about this for a second. What is Mary doing that's so important in the text? She's sitting before Jesus. One commentator put it like this. He said, Martha did not realize at that critical time in Jesus' life that he would have preferred, Jesus would have preferred her company over her service, that he regarded her fellowship with him as more important than serving him a meal. Takeaway number two, here it is. I, I'm at my best if I regularly enjoy God's presence. I'm at my best if I regularly sit before God and I enjoy his presence. It's in that place that I'm at my best. Because here's the thing. For Mary, it was like, oh, the Lord is here. And he, I don't know how long he'll be here, but I just want to enjoy his presence. And so then here's the prayer. Here it is. It says, Lord, I want to meet with you. Very simply, you can pray this. Lord, I want to meet with you. I want to meet with you. I love James chapter 4, verse 8. Jesus said this, or it's, it says this. It says, draw near to God, and what will he do? promise in scripture he will draw near to you if you draw near to God he will draw near to you I was talking to Steve uh, Brookside's founding pastor this week and and as he was leaving my office I said to him I said you know the longer that I'm in this role 
the more appreciation I have for you and Becky and your longevity and fruitfulness in ministry. And without missing a beat on his way out, he said this, without even thinking about what it attributed to that 35 years of faithfulness, he said this, he said, you know, for us, it goes back to this, every single day we had to sit before God and just get filled up, filled up by God, and that's how we did it. That's how we motored along all of those days, all of those months, all of those years. We connected with him. Church, think about this, when God gave us his word He's so graciously, it's like he shows up at our house, like Jesus did to, to Martha's house. And he says, if you'll open this up, I will meet with you. And I'll speak to you. John 15, you stay connected with me and your life will produce fruit. Not fruit that will just kind of last for a couple days, a couple years, but legacy lasting fruit. Eternal fruit. And so ask yourself the question, are you connecting? Are you enjoying regularly the presence of God? You know, we started this thing at the beginning of the year, called it 365. Again this year we said, hey, it is so valuable. If we could get people into God's word, we know that it would have such an impact. God would do a great thing if we would meet with him. And so if you don't have one of these, you can get one at Connection Corner this morning. If you're doing this, keep doing it. Because here's the thing. When you and I open ourselves, when we enjoy the presence of God, God meets us in that place. Martha didn't see that in the midst of a lot of things to do, the very best thing that she could do would be to stop and to sit before Jesus. And when you look at your day, and I'm convicted by this, when I look at my day, it is smart for me. To say, above all, what would set the tone for the rest of the day best is if I would sit before God. A very famous, really a legendary piano player, he put it like this. He said, if I skip one day of scales, you know, playing like, playing the kind of the practical fundamentals of playing the piano. He said, if I skip one day of, of scales, then when I play a concert, I notice. He said, if I skip two days of scales, my coach will notice. And if I skip three days the world will notice. Wayne Cordero went on to say this then. He said, when you miss spending time with God, one day you notice. When you miss two days, then your spouse and your kids, they start to notice. But when you miss three days, the world begins to notice. People start to go, oh, oh something different about you. Because, right, when we meet with God, when we enjoy his presence, what it does something in us and it does something through us. I love that short example. Mary and Martha. And it brings drama, right? But the drama brings this point. It drives home this point. And here it is. Don't miss this, please, church. God longs to meet with you. God longs to meet with you. And maybe you've never read God's word before. I would encourage you, just pick up a Bible. Start five minutes a day and just say, God, a simple prayer. God, would you speak to me through that time? Okay, let's go on. Person number three. Here we go. This person, we don't even know her name. All we know is her condition. And I think that uh, when we get to heaven, there's going to be a long line to greet this particular gal. Imagine if you were just known by your condition, right? Now, the setup for the story is this. There's this man named Jairus, and he's this ruler of, this, of the synagogue. So he's a guy that, he's, he's an important man. And what happens is this, there's some drama here too. Jairus goes to Jesus, and he doesn't go to Jesus casually. He goes to Jesus very emotional, kind of like uh, very uh, agitated, very urgent. And what he says to Jesus is, my 12-year-old daughter is at home, and she is dying. Can you help me? 
And so Jesus is on his way with Jairus to go and to help and to take care of his daughter. And then this is what happens on the way there. It says this. It says, as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. There were that many people packed together. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding. She's in the crowd for 12 years. But no one could heal her. Now, not only was this woman bleeding for over a decade, but this woman, the fact that she was in the crowd, the crowd would not have liked that. The crowd would have thought, now we're ceremonially unclean if we touch this gal or we could be infected by this gal. We don't know what's going on with her. So this gal, it is for sure, she would not have wanted others to have known that she was there. And then it says this, that she came up behind him and it says that she touched the, the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Imagine that. She's been crying out to God for over a decade. She's hemorrhaging all the time. And in an instant, we see it, you keep going in the story, you know, she knew she had been healed. Right away, she knows. But this is what happened, happens next. Jesus says, who touched me? Jesus asked. And when they all deny it, Peter said, Peter always speaks up, right? Master, the people are crowding and they're pressing against you, meaning Jesus. You're really popular. Can't you tell? The crowd. I mean, we're all like, everybody's touching everybody. I don't know. We just said in the scriptures that it's thick here, you know, and there's a lot of people, right? And then he says this, so Jesus said, no, but somebody touched me, like somebody special touched me. And I know that because power has gone from me. And then the woman, seeing that she could no longer go unnoticed, she came trembling and she fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Now for this woman's good and for the good of the crowd, Jesus didn't simply let this woman touch his cloak and be healed. Instead, Jesus makes a big scene of it. He stops right there. Who, who touched me? Peter's like, we're all touching you. Come on. He says, no, no, no. Someone touched me. I know they did. And he knows, and this lady, she's trembling. Imagine her trembling hand reaching out to touch his cloak. She probably wanted to see him. She couldn't wait to see him. And she finally got the courage. She followed him, and she got in the crowd, and she touched him. But the thing that strikes me in this passage is this. What does Jesus commend? He commends her faith. This is a woman who had big faith. This is a woman who believed. This is a woman who asked yet again. Think about how many times this woman must have asked to have been healed over the course of those 12 years. Maybe you struggle from a chronic illness and you know day after day after day, you wake up and you feel certain pains and you know how hard those can be. You know how tiring that can be, but you continue maybe to ask and to ask. This woman kept asking and she didn't give up. Maybe for you, it's your marriage and you would say, wow, my marriage is on the brink and I'm about to give up. But maybe God would say to you this morning, why don't you keep asking? Keep taking another step. Keep moving forward. Pursue me in the crowd. I see you. Maybe for you, you would even say this. Maybe it's a, for me, I, as I read this text and studied this this week, I thought, wow, there are people that I've written off in my life. I used to pray for them. I used to I'd cry out to you for their, Lord, I pray they'd know you. And I thank you that I got to know you. And I didn't deserve that. And I pray that they would. And, 
And I was just reminded this week, Jeff, ask again. Keep pursuing. This is takeaway number three. Here it is. I love this about this woman, and here's what we can take away. I can choose to live with big faith. I can choose. You can choose to believe God you can do what maybe I even think is impossible. And so then here's the prayer that goes with that. It says this simply. It says, Lord, I'll ask again. Lord, I'll ask again. If I've given up, Lord, I'll come to you humbly and I'll say, God, I believe that you, you are capable. And God, I'll trust you and I'll keep asking again. This woman must have asked hundreds, maybe thousands of times to be healed. But she did it one more time. Keep pursuing. What would it be like if you lived with big faith? If you started believing again the things that you once believed could be possible? What could God do in your life? The last person that I want us to look at today, this morning, is, is this lady. Her name is Hagar. Not a name that you come across every day, is it? And um, I'm going to kind of fly through her story. Um, but let me just give you a little bit of a setup. There was a, a lady named Sarai. And she was married to a man named Abram. And they wanted to have kids, but that didn't work out. And so in comes this slave girl named Hagar in hopes that she'll be able to, to uh, uh, carry on the, the, the family line and bear them children. And so here's all I'm going to say as a setup to the, the life of Hagar. Imagine if you were treated so poorly. Imagine if you felt so alone. Imagine if you wanted to escape so badly that you were willing to, to leave the one place where you had housing and food and all the things that you needed. Imagine if it was so bad that you said, I would be better off to leave this and step over into the unknown. That's the story of Hagar. That's where we find her in Genesis chapter 16 and in verse 9. It says this then. It says, then the angel of the Lord told her, go back to your mistress and submit to her. And the angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. And the angel of the Lord also said to her, you are now pregnant and, and you will give birth to a son and you shall name him Ishmael for the Lord has heard your misery. So again, here she is. She said, it's better for me to go. And then finally it says this. It says that she then, she, Hagar, gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. She gave this name to the Lord. She said, you are the God who sees me. Maybe you feel alone and secluded and maybe even mistreated. And this woman did, Hagar did. And then she said, for she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Takeaway number four, very simply, it's this. I'll trust that God sees me. Have you ever felt unseen? You know, sometimes as a parent, you can feel like things are a little bit lonely, right? Particularly if things, if you hit some bumps in parenting, you can feel like, does anybody else struggle with that? Is anybody, anything, anything, like am I alone in this? And I just want you to know this morning that God sees you. Hagar felt so alone that she thought that it was better for her just to escape. And then the prayer that you could pray this week is this. Maybe this is the one for you. Here it is. Lord, might I sense your presence 
today? What if you've prayed that for the next six days and you just said, God, might I sense your presence today? I assure you of this. If you would faithfully pray that prayer or any of these other prayers, you would see God doing things in your life. Again, you draw near to God and what will he do? He will draw near to you. So let me bring up these four takeaways for us. Again, very, very practical this morning. Number one is this. Can I trust or I can trust God's purpose for my life? This is Mary. And then her words. She said, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. And then the second one. I am best served if I regularly enjoy God's presence. The story of Mary and Martha. And so what's the prayer there? Lord, simply, and God would so honor this in your life this week. If you just said to him again and again, Lord, I just want to meet with you. I would be better off if I just met with you. And then the third one, can, I can choose to live with big faith, that sick woman. And then my prayer then is this, Lord, I won't give up. Lord, I'll have some grit in this. I'll ask again. And then the last one, I'll trust that God sees me. And the prayer with that one is this, Lord, might I sense your presence today? And so ask yourself the question, is there just one of those maybe that you would say, okay, this week, this is the takeaway, and then this is the prayer, God, that you would have me pray. And so maybe that would be true of you this morning. As I looked at these different women, I thought, okay, Lord, what are these takeaways that not only the gals, but everybody in the room, we can look at it and we can go, oh, that's the truth that I needed uh, this morning. So yeah, let me, let me pray for us now, and then I just want to mention one more thing after that. So yeah, let me pray. Father, thank you, Lord, that you have every person here um, for a reason. And Father, I pray that even in these moments, God, you would just make it clear to us, Lord, what is the thing you want us to hear today? Is it, Lord, do you want us to say to you, Lord, I want to meet with you? Is it that you want us to, to ask you again, Lord, I, I ask you again for this. I pursue you with persistence like that gal did. Or is it, Lord, you just want to remind us today that you see us? And you want us, Lord, maybe it's that you want us to enjoy your presence. Uh, God, whatever it is, Lord, we want to walk obediently in faith uh, with you. And so we pray this now in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Well, I want to close with this. You know, I felt just a prompting this week to um, uh, just to share this. And if this is helpful and a blessing to you, great. Um, if you're a single mom here today, uh, first of all, we just want to say that we admire you. We think you're a rock star because that's not an, uh, an easy thing, is it, to walk as a single mom. So let's give it up for our single moms. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought, you know, if it would be helpful for you to have somebody just pray, if you have a need in your life and, and it would be helpful to have somebody pray for you this morning, um, I would be honored to do that. Maybe you're a single mom. Maybe you're just on the spiritual front. You're a single mom. You're doing this faith thing alone with your family and with your kids. And, uh, and so I'll be kind of, these last two songs we're going to sing, I'll be kind of over in that area and would love, after the service, whatever, I would love, just really would be honored to, uh, to pray for you this morning. So I, now, everybody now, uh, let's stand up together, church, and uh, let's close in worship.